0: Chapter six of Grace Harlowe's Overland Riders in the Old Apache Trail by Jessie Graham Flower This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ashley Jane. Chapter six A Shot Well Placed Grace started out early the next morning for a call on Ike Fairweather. The whole party slept the late afternoon and night through without even awakening for supper. She found Ike grooming his horses. Good morning, Mr. Fairweather. I hope you are none the worse for your trip, greeted Grace smilingly. I sure ain't, grinned Ike. How's yourself? I feel fit. WHAT I WISHED TO SEE YOU ABOUT WAS TO ASK IF YOU CAN RECOMMEND SOMEONE TO PROVIDE AND DRIVE OUR SUPPLY WAGON. IKE STROKED HIS WHISKERS AND REGARDED HER QUIZZICALLY. HOW WILL I DO? HE ASKED. DO YOU MEAN IT? WOULD YOU REALLY LIKE TO DRIVE FOR US? QUESTIONED GRACE, BRIGHTENING. I SURE WOULD. AND IT WON'T COST YOU A CENT set for the feed for the horses tell me about it not supposing that you would care for such work we did not even think of you in that connection if however you really wish to go with us we shall be very glad to have you i'm your man that is fine of course you understand that we shall pay you and before we start we must decide upon a price that will be perfectly satisfactory to you I would suggest that you get under way about two o'clock this afternoon and we will follow you a couple of hours later. Make camp at Squaw Valley. There is plenty of room there for a camp. Two horses should be enough to draw the wagon. Our camping outfit is at the railroad station. Have you a wagon? Yes, a covered one that will be just the thing for you. Can sleep in it if you like. We shall sleep in our tents. All provisions and the like we shall send to you some time before you leave. The hearing that afternoon, attended by the entire Overton outfit, was of short duration. Grace gave her testimony briefly and to the point. What she was most concerned about was whether or not it would be necessary for her to return for the trial of the bandits, and she was relieved to learn that it would not, and that Ike Fairweather would be the witness who would appear against the prisoners at the trial at the full term of court. Before leaving the court, Grace was complimented by the judge for her part in capturing Con Bates and his fellow highwaymen. Sheriff Collins accompanied her from the courtroom. "'I'll have an eye on you while your party is in this neck of the woods,' he volunteered what shall i do with the rifles i promised you if not too much trouble please send them to mr fairweather's stable before two o'clock this afternoon he is to drive our wagon for us and we'll pack the rifles with the other equipment is there ammunition for the rifles or shall i purchase some get fifty rounds for each rifle "'And, Miss, it's my hunch that you will do well not to pack the rifles away so deep "'that you can't reach them in a hurry,' advised Mr. Collins. "'After thanking the sheriff for his courtesy, Grace hurried back to the hotel. "'The rest of the day was devoted to preparations for the journey.' Ike Fairweather, now fully informed as to the immediate plans of his party, got away with the wagon on time, and two hours later the Overton girls started on their second journey into the gorgeous mountains that stand sentinel along the old Apache Trail. The ponies they were riding were a bit lively at the start, especially the one ridden by Grace, as the party galloped out of the town. Emma Dean was making heavy weather of it, bobbing up and down like a chip on the sea, until Grace, fearful that Emma would fall off, rode up beside her for a word of caution. "'Sit your saddle firmly, and do not try to resist the motion of your horse. Move with him, or, rather, permit your body to follow his movements,' advised Grace. "'There! You see, you can ride!' i know but it bumps me almost to death how far do we have to ride this beast isn't a bit like my pony thirty miles or thereabouts oh wailed emma look at hippy they had barely cleared the town and emerged into the open country when hippy wingate's apparently docile pony suddenly came to life the animal whirled and started back toward Globe, whereupon Whippy used his crop vigorously. Instantly the pony began to buck in the most approved western bronco style, and Hippy was more often in the air than on the saddle. The Overton girls reined in and watched the lieutenant's battle, offering suggestions and advice that might have been helpful had the lieutenant had time to listen. Hippy had had no experience with bucking ponies and as a result he was becoming more and more confused from the terrible jolting he was getting. Hang on, Hippy, my darling, encouraged Nora in a shrill voice. There he goes, gasped J. Elfreda Briggs. Hippy made a long ungraceful dive over the lowered head of the native pony at the side of the road there was a ditch with a full twelve inches of water flowing over a bottom of soft mud lieutenant wingate landed on head and shoulders in the ditch his feet poured the air for a few seconds then hippy flopped over with face down in the water and mud it was Elfreda Briggs who checked Hippy's Pony, at the psychological moment, for the little fellow, already had world preparatory, to racing for home. As it was, he dragged Elfreda along with him, until Grace sprang to her assistance and threw her weight on the bit, at the same time talking soothingly to the animal, whose stubborn resentment slowly melted. Elfrida led him back without help and stood holding the pony, waiting for Hippy to take charge of him. Lieutenant Wingate was plastered with mud, which Nora was solicitously mopping from his face with her handkerchief. "'Let it dry on, then roll him on the grass when we find some,' suggested Emma. "'Yes, who coddled you when you fell out of a cloud and crashed down on the French front?' laughed grace i didn't fall out protested hippy indignantly though a little thickly for there was still mud in his mouth it was the other fellow who fell and crashed come take your pony urged elfreda i have my own to look after i would suggest too that if you will treat him right you will have little trouble with him you don't have to take the brute's part i reckon i know how to handle a horse and you have a horse that knows how to handle you if my observation is not at fault interjected grace Harlowe. hippy acted upon elfreda's advice however petted the pony and offered it some candy which the animal refused and finally swung himself into the saddle the party then moved off at a brisk gallop. The sun was behind the mountains when they reached Squaw Valley for the second time. Down on the level below the trail they saw their tents pitched and ready for them. The wagon team was staked down, a fire was burning in front of the tents, and Ike Fairweather was observed working at the camp. The girls shouted and Ike waved a hand. Without leaving their saddles, the entire party slid their ponies down the steep bank without a single rider coming a cropper, though Emma lost her stirrups and was clinging to the pommel of her saddle, bouncing up and down perilously as the party trotted into camp. When her pony stopped, which it did abruptly, Emma fell off in a heap, about the same instant, Lieutenant Wingate's pony stepped in a hole and Hippy went off over the pony's head, but this time he clung to the bridle-rein and held the animal. "'Good work,' complimented Grace, when Hippy, very red of face, struggled to his feet. "'You surely are a graceful animal, Lieutenant.' "'Pinal Creek is a little way beyond this camp, and I suppose you will be falling into that next?' "'That's right. Abuse a fellow when he's down,' growled the lieutenant. Grace, with her bridal rein thrown over one arm, walked over to Ike Fairweather. "'Now that Lieutenant Wingate has finished his performance, "'I wish to say that it is very fine of you to get our supper started. "'The bacon was in the frying pan, and the potatoes, baked in hot ashes, were ready to be served.' as grace discovered upon testing them with a fork the coffee was done and the tin plates were already on the folding table that had been included with the equipment oil cloth spread over the table made it look quite attractive folding camp stools had been placed by ike and hippy promptly took a seat at the head of the table being the only male member of this party "'Proper, my place is at the head of the table,' he declared. "'Be seated, ladies, I beg of you. "'Kelner, garçon, I mean, bring on the food, and—' "'Please eat and be silent,' urged Grace laughingly as she began serving the food. "'In my childhood days I was taught that children, while at the table, should be seen and not heard.' come mr fairweather sit down we are all one family now had my grub answered the driver gruffly never did like to eat at fashionable hours darkness had enveloped mountain and canyon by the time the evening meal was finished it was the deep mysterious darkness of the mountains the girls could hear the faint musical murmur of Pinal Creek a few hundred yards below them, music that accentuated the romance of the mysterious mountain night. Hippy Wingate, finally having eaten all he could conveniently stow away, stood up and rapped on a tin plate for order. "'Ladies and gentlemen!' He began, raising the plate above his head where it reflected the light from the campfire. We are now in the former haunts of the murderous Apaches. We have fallen willing victims to the irresistible charm and the magic powers of the waters of Pinal Creek. Someone has been reading a guidebook, observed Anne mischievously. Please be silent when your superiors are speaking where was i up pineal creek i believe reminded elfreda dryly exactly we have penetrated far into the labyrinth of the red men of other days the place where the savages crept with stealthy tread until their primitive language came to know it as the apache trail along this weird and amazing pathway pock the tin plate was whisked from Hippy's hand and fell clattering to the ground. Bang! came the belated report of a rifle. Emma Dean uttered a stifled little cry of alarm. It is nothing but a bullet, my dear young woman, a chance shot from somewhere up in the mountains. Kindly pass me another plate, that I may continue with my narration. Grace Harlowe's face reflected sudden concern, then she smiled, but her companions plainly were nervous. "'Where was I?' again asked Hippy. "'I believe you were labouring along on the amazing pathway,' Anne informed him. "'Thank you,' bowed the lieutenant as Grace offered him another plate. "'Along this weird and amazing pathway, as already remarked, are crowded, in bewildering succession scenes that grip the imagination like phantom photo-plays of the world's creation it was on this pathway this weird and amazing trail that the second plate left hippy wingate's hand as if by magic again followed by the report of a rifle hippy sank down on his camp-stool holding the hand that had held the plate "'The campfire, Mr. Fairweather,' urged Grace calmly with a note of incisiveness in her tone. Ike sprang up and kicked the burning embers away, stamping out the little flickering flames, leaving only a scattered bed of glowing coals. A bullet whistled over the heads of the Overton girls, but the shooter's aim was not so good this time. Some critter sure is trying to shoot up this outfit," growled Ike Fairweather. End of Chapter Six: Recording by Ashley Jane.